This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Everybody just grab a seat there. I don't know what's going to happen tonight for the next few minutes, but you've come forward and you're under the power of God. You just stay right there. As I was praying, oh, I feel the Lord. As I was praying, actually just driving today from South Carolina, I began to the Lord began to show me what happened. I mean, I actually saw myself going down that center aisle in the beginning and someone being touched there. Isn't he wonderful? The way he thinks about us, the way he loves us. David said, if I were to count your thoughts toward me, they would be more than the sand on the seashore. The grains of sand, the little granules. If I were to count them all, your thoughts toward me are more than those. I want you to think about how many grains of sand there are on the earth. And the Lord's thoughts toward one of us are more than all of those. That's amazing to me. How he loves us. How he thinks of us. He's con he knows the hairs on our head. <laughs> oh, he's wonderful. Oh, Lord, I have my notes. I'm just not sure they're your notes. Lord, we, we need you. Okay. You just pray in the spirit here. I just got to catch exactly what the Lord said. Mm, thank you, Lord. Okay, I just can't get off this issue of the cross. And uh, for you, Jesus School students, you're going to hear some of this now for the second time. But you can't hear too much. Jesus and him crucified teaching. So it's only going to make you stronger. Okay? Hebrews 2.14, listen to this. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's us, we have flesh and blood, he also himself, likewise, he being Jesus, took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him, that had the same power of death, that is the devil. You know, Natasha, I really felt that. People are going to be set free of demonic bondage when you dance. And it's going to usher in the harvest. Chains are going to break. So this is just like the beginning. I think you'll be doing this in arenas and stadiums, just loving on Jesus. I remember watching you last year at the old Presbyterian church dancing through the baseball field in the hot sun. Because it's not about the people, is it? It's about his presence. Jesus took on flesh and blood. Thank you, David. He took on flesh and blood because we are flesh and blood. And with his death, destroyed the one who has the power of death, the devil. The devil has been destroyed through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Death is no longer master over us. We do not fear the grave because it is not our home. Listen to me. We do not fear the grave because the grave is not our home. Death is a non-issue for the believer. We don't die. 
We separate from our bodies, our spirit and our soul separate from this shell. But the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Why is this so important? Because much of what we fight our entire lives, much of what stresses us, many of the things we fear, much of the anxiety is all around one thing. We're afraid to die. We're afraid to die. What, we spend our whole life trying to get ready and the time comes and nobody wants to go. Why am I talking to you about this? Because if you can lose the fear of death, God can do a whole lot with you. You know, we've dialed down the words of Jesus saying, if you're willing to lose your own life, you'll gain it. We've dialed that down to just like volunteering. I'll lose your life, man. Come on, go work the, the coffee cart. Lose your life. Can you like my picture? Just dive to yourself for a moment and throw a like my way. Just been so diluted, so weakened. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, when God calls a man, he calls him to come and die. Die to our own will, of course. But we all should be unafraid of the devil's threat because he's lost all authority. If you are the Lord's, if you are the Lord's, when you close your eyes, you are present with him. This is the power of the gospel. It's the beauty of Jesus. He conquered the grave. He didn't just come to teach us stuff. In fact, the only reason we listen to what he taught us is because he's been raised from the dead. If Jesus were not raised from the dead, Paul says, we have no faith. The cross loses its power if Jesus is not raised from the dead. He is alive, and with his death, he conquered death. I feel that some of you are just afraid of a lot, and the real reason you're afraid is because you just don't, you're afraid to die. And that's just the devil leveraging power and authority that he doesn't have. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. How much is all? How much does that leave the devil with? Now, I, I, I think I mentioned this in school. I'm here so much now, I don't even know if it's a Sunday or a school day. So if I repeat myself, forgive me, I need more omegas. Omega-3s. I'm trying my best, okay? But if Jesus has all authority, how much does that leave the devil with? So, the Lord began to show me how the enemy, through the lies of his putrid voice and heart, because he is a liar. Listen, if, if, if anything is whispered to your soul that doesn't line up with the word of God, you can guarantee it's from the devil. Now, check this out. If it's from the devil, don't believe it because it's a lie. How do I know it's a lie? He's a liar. Jesus says he only knows how to lie. Everything he says and does is a lie. So when I was at University of Florida, I remember partying one night and literally turning around and seeing demonic spirits, and they were mocking my destiny. And they were saying, you'll never step into your destiny. And they were literally mocking the prophetic word that came through my father-in-law as a boy. Like almost word for word. They were mocking it. Back then that freaked me out. But today I'd probably go, oh, you're lying because that's the only thing you know how to do. <laughs> so we have nothing to fear. Jesus has overcome he has overcome. He didn't just give us a better life. He has overcome. So like Gideon, the Lord had to take Gideon into the enemy's camp to actually gain the revelation of victory. 
Are you hearing me? So Gideon gets called. He's not equipped. The Lord calls him a mighty man of valor. He's like, um, have you watched me lately? <laughs> like, I'm over here. I'm on the press. I'm hiding out. You're calling me a mighty man of valor. I don't understand. And what does the Lord do? He sends Gideon into the camp to hear the fact that his enemies were afraid of him. And he hears a conversation. Gideon's going to come destroy us. Gideon's probably like, man, they think I'm way better than I really am. Sometimes the Lord will take you from A all the way to Z to your deepest fear. And many of you have a fear of sickness. Many of you think you're going to die like your parents died. Many of you think you're going to have a mental breakdown like some of your parents. That's a truly just a fear of death and its power. So the Lord takes you all the way over there to discover something. Death has been plundered. And if I realize that death has been plundered, that Jesus is raised from the dead, if I go all the way to Z and see that, it makes every other letter in between full of joy. So Paul said this, count it all joy. Why could Paul say count it all joy? He knew he was just a pilgrim and a citizen of a better land. Now Bill Johnson says it like this, most people don't really care about heaven very much because they haven't invested much there. It's like, oh yeah, you haven't invested much. You haven't given much. I'm not just talking about finance. I mean with your life. But if you've given your life, you realize that your position in eternity is proximity to the throne. Oh, that's why the martyrs have a front row seat at the throne. The martyrs have a front row seat under the altar of God. And day and night they cry out, when will you avenge our blood? I know this is heavy, but Jesus is a heavy destroying, amazing king. Man, I grew up with this stuff. I grew up with a cross in the church. I know it's supposed to turn off the visitor until they get set free. Oh, really? I mean, I grew up hearing about the power of God the power of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus, the power of communion. Even in the Orthodox Church, the greatest day of the year was Easter. We would actually kill our own lamb and cook it. So you, we had a lamb between my grandmother's house and my aunt's house, and it became your friend all year. I'm not joking. Saturday night, the strike of midnight, in Greek, it's called Pascha. That means the Passover, the passing over of the Lord in Exodus chapter 12. And at the strike of midnight, we would sing a song in Greek. And the, these are the words. Christ is risen from the dead. And with death, he has conquered death. And to those in the tombs, he has given life. What a song. That's why they're still singing it. And it was written in the first century. There's weight to it. It's the real gospel. Yes, you should learn how to deal with your emotions. Absolutely. You should learn how to steward your mind. Yeah, absolutely. All of that matters to Jesus. But so much of that is taken care of when you have a revelation of Jesus himself. Yeah, I believe. I do believe. The Lord can heal you on the inside. The Lord can renew your mind. I don't have a problem with any of that. I think it's beautiful. And I think it's part of the process of sanctification. But I think part of the reason the church is bound is because they don't know the true Jesus, the true gospel. I am free. I'm not perfect, but I am free. By the Spirit, the Scripture says, I am being perfected. But I'm not bound. You shouldn't be either. It does not make you a better witness to just screw up all the time. We think it does. We say it does. Well, I'm just like, you know me, I'm just a sinner. Do you know me? I mean, if I can just come down to your level, maybe I can win you. That's not what people want. People are screaming in their hearts for holy servants of the Lord. Where are those people? 
We're those people who can't be bought, can't be purchased, can't be coerced, can't be manipulated. You can't give them anything to make them any happier, except maybe a golf membership to Augusta National, if you're watching. <laughs> if you're watching, <laughs> you're welcome. We'll give you a second row seat. Come right on in. They're not, this, this is, I'm talking about a, a breed of people who've seen the Lord. They're constantly staring, constantly looking, constantly beholding. Jesus is alive. He has conquered the grave. If he conquered the grave, he can conquer your fear. If he conquered the grave, he can conquer your poverty. He conquered the grave. He conquered death. He defeated death with his death. The devil hates this message. That's why I'm preaching it. Well, partially. I'm preaching it because the Lord loves it. We don't do anything for the devil. We don't react to the devil, do we? Matthew 20, 28, even as the Son of Man came to be ministered unto, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to die for many. Jesus came to minister to people and hand his life over firstly to the Father. He gave his will constantly to the Father. And because of that, he, listen, he was a trusted carrier of the Holy Spirit. You remember the scripture that says the Holy Spirit came upon him and remained? Do you remember that? Why did the Spirit remain? Because Jesus trusted in him and he trusted Jesus. Well, let me say that again. That is, that is vital. Jesus trusted in the work of the Spirit and the Spirit trusted in Jesus. He trusted him. He trusted that he would constantly yield to him. Therefore, he became a trusted carrier of the Holy Spirit. And the heartbeat behind building such a trust before heaven is this. I didn't come for me. I came for you. And I came to give my life away. God trusts people who give their lives away. Do you know the most empty way to live is just for you? It's so unfulfilling. Really, it is. It's, it's, it's not full of joy. It's void of power. That's why they got touched by the Spirit tonight, because the blood of Jesus began to work in the lives of people. Anytime somebody lays their life down, power comes. You give your life away fully, the Holy Spirit begins to trust you as a carrier. He trusts people that yield. He trusts the heart that says, not my will, but yours be done. He loves that. And when this becomes a lifestyle, the Holy Spirit begins to trust you and you build a reputation in heaven. Listen up, listen up, listen up. You want to build a reputation in heaven. You want to, trust me. The reputation you build while you're here, listen, will determine what you're entrusted with here and there forever. We need to live now for the only thing that matters there. That one tried to land. Am I boring you? You can go watch ESPN. There's a Sunday night game on, I think. <laughs> we need to live for now the only thing that will matter there. We need to start now. Paul said, can't you just fix problems between you? You have to go to the courts. You can't even work out a problem. 
And then he says this, don't you know you're going to judge angels? He's like, you're in the shallow end. You're playing the red tees. You're wake. This is putt-putt golf. Uh, what are you doing? You're fishing for minnows. You can't settle this little fight. You can't settle this division among you. Side note, you're going to judge angels. <laughs> oh, I'm going to hit one of you. It'll have to be staff. We have a policy for that. It's like you can't work out this issue one day because you are the body of the Lord Jesus, a kingdom of priests and kings. One day you will judge angels. You will sit at the right hand of the Lord and judge angels. And you're upset with your brother and sister, and you can't figure it out. What's he saying? Lift up your heads. <laughs> oh, man. If we would get this, all the petty stuff would fry. It just fry. Like, oh, I'm so sorry you're mad at me. Even if I don't know what I did. Like, I'm sorry. I love you. Um, moving on now. Oh they, didn't, oh, they apologize, just not the right way. Uh-huh, moving on now. <laughs> Don't you get it? Don't you get the little schemes of the enemy that just, they just so easily ensnare you? They just, so, they just try to pull you down to take your vision off the beauty of the king. Man, we need, as, as a family, we need to just get used to going, uh, yeah, back to what I was doing. <laughs> back to what I was doing. But seriously, I mean, all the stuff we get tripped up on. Gosh, the Lord is burning for humble leaders again. Seriously, I mean, my Lord, we should be more like Jesus than our congregations. And we believe in some circles that the congregations exist just to serve us. I'm serious. It's, the Lord's looking for humble, like Michael Miller. Wasn't that amazing last week? What, what, was, what was he saying? He's like, look, the Lord entrusts those who die. They die in the soil. God's raising up leaders who are first led. That's what the centurion said. He said, I understand authority because I'm a man under authority. I don't trust anyone to shepherd me who doesn't have a shepherd. I'm serious. I, I guard my heart. I only let certain people in so deep if I've never heard that person say I'm sorry to someone. Typically, the first to say I'm sorry and repent is the most spiritual between the two. What does that show? Lowliness, meekness, pliability. Have you ever wondered why the meek get the earth? That's what the beatitude says. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That makes no sense in the natural. Wait, you mean if I'm soft at heart and gentle? I get Canada? doesn't say the most political, doesn't say the most influential, it doesn't say the most powerful, it doesn't say the most gifted speaker, it doesn't say the most famous, it doesn't even say the most gifted church planter. It says the meek get the earth. What does that mean? God can only entrust the gentle, the soft, with great things. I've had many, many, many leaders, I'm not joking, come at me in a way that I knew was dishonoring. 
Everything in me wanted to go, uh, you know, my backslidden Greek Tarpon Springs guy kind of like jumped up for five minutes. I was like, what on earth? Are you crazy? I wasn't born in church, you know? I'm like, have you lost your mind? And then I hear the Holy Spirit go, blessed are the meek. Instantly, when somebody does something like that, when, when, when somebody becomes abrasive, when somebody begins to think that they are the gift to the body of Christ, when that starts to emerge, all of a sudden, a true leader who's yielding his life, when they experience that and there's no brokenness, they go, now we can't go much deeper relationally. Because those who are soft enough to say sorry and apologize are constantly in progress with the Lord. That's what Joy Dawson taught me. Look for the one who repents first. They're typically the most mature. Because it's not about being right. It's about being like Jesus. Now, sometimes Jesus spoke up, and sometimes he didn't. Who did he speak up to? The know-it-alls. The know-it-alls. The ones who've arrived. The ones who just thought they knew everything. The ones who said they represented the Lord, but he actually called them sons of Satan. I love that he went into a Pharisee's home to eat and then rebuked the Pharisee in the home. Oh, I love the Gospels. Did you know I spent four years just in the Gospels? I never left them. And that's where this whole movement started getting birthed. I just studied the life of Jesus. Not just what he said, but I started studying when he said what he said, in what order he did what he did. You have to understand something. Jesus himself is the embodiment of perfect doctrine. So his life is perfection. That's why he said, I am the truth. Yes, what he says is truth, but the actual life of the Lord is truth. So I began to learn from when he slept, when he prayed, when he commissioned his apostles, whether or not he prayed before he commissioned his apostles. So now I pray before I pick a team. And that's how all of this started. When he rebuked his disciples, what he rebuked them for, what he left them alone for, and what he chose to address. The life of Jesus is this. So you see him addressing the Pharisee in the Pharisee's home. There was something about the Lord that caused him to love to confront religion, form with no power. He just enjoyed taking it head on, especially if it kept seekers of the Lord out of the kingdom. And he said that. He said, you're blind and you don't allow anybody else to come in and you won't come in yourself. But the meek, the lowly, begin to manifest the Lord in their world. So the scripture says here that Jesus did not come to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is the ransom. Jesus is your ransom. Say that. Close your eyes. Say, Jesus, Jesus. is my ransom. What does that mean? A payment had to be made. Life for life. That's the law of God. And the scripture says the soul that sins must die. The soul that sins must die. Again, the scripture says, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission. It cannot be removed. That tells me something. All that sin must die, and the Bible says all have sinned. Now, this isn't an altar call. This is a, the gospel to strengthen you. I'll gladly do another altar call. This isn't boring to me. This is victorious. This is victorious. This is the glorious gospel of Jesus. So he became sin, though he lived a perfect life and became your ransom and offered his perfection on behalf of our imperfection. You say, I'm not that imperfect. I've been speaking in tongues since I was eight. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means we're not allowed into his presence. The glory of God is the Lord. 
It's him. So Jesus became the ransom. A perfect life, listen, for the entire world. You need to close your eyes and thank him. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, how many of you know what the incarnation is? Have you ever heard of the incarnation? The incarnation is when the Lord took on a body in the womb of a virgin named Mary. Let me just say this. This might ruffle some feathers, but that can be fun at times. I don't do it intentionally. But, I mean, my Lord, what is our issue with the poor Mary? I'm not saying we should worship her. She is not co-redeemer. There is one redeemer. His name is Jesus. But my Lord, she couldn't have been all that bad. Say amen. amen. God himself decided to take up residence in her. And so within her womb, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the incarnation of Jesus took place. And so the Bible says in Hebrews Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you've prepared for me. That's all by the Spirit. So Gabriel said, the power of the Most High will overshadow you, Mary. Some people say she was between 12 and 14 years old. And you'll be with child. You will be with child, and you shall name him Jesus. I said, you shall name him Jesus. That should make you happy. Now, the name Jesus means the Lord who saves, or the Lord our salvation. Gabriel said you're about to be impregnated by the Spirit with the Lord himself. How would you like to get that news? <laughs> I love her response. It's perfectly in line with everything we're talking about tonight. According to thy word, let it be done, Lord. You know, today we have to figure everything out. Try figuring that one out. An angel shows up and tells you that you're going to be pregnant by the Spirit. You're a virgin, and you're just a young little teenage girl. Mary didn't wait to figure it out. She just said, yes, Lord. According to your will, let it be done. This is the incarnation. Now, the incarnation of Jesus... It's vital. And he took on flesh and blood. He lived a submitted life to his parents, grew in stature, grew in wisdom. With God and man, lived a perfectly sinless life. And he shows up to the River Jordan at the age of 30. And John the Baptist makes an announcement. This is the announcement. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The sins of the whole world. The introduction of Jesus to all of Israel was this. He is a lamb. He is first a lamb. Listen up. Before he was their shepherd, he is the lamb. Before he just gives us good advice, he's the lamb of God. Before he tells you what house to buy, what car to get, where to move, all of that's good and important in friendship. But never forget, he came to die. He came to die. Lambs came to die. For John to say that to Israel, behold the lamb. He was pointing back to Abraham. Abraham and Isaac, as Abraham offered Isaac on the altar, Abraham said this, the Lord will provide a lamb. Do you remember that in the book of Genesis? Abraham takes his miracle son up the mountain and he tells his son, put wood on your back and go up the mountain. Does that sound familiar? Jesus would put wood on his back and climb Golgotha's mountain. And Abraham said, we're going up to worship. Listen up. 
More importantly than singing our songs, the greatest fragrance of worship comes from a heart that dies daily. That's true worship. Abraham said, I'm, I'm going up to worship. I'm going up to lay my life down. We are going up there to worship. I am going up there to give away my miracle to the one who gave it to me. This is true surrender, true yieldedness. You live this life, you will become a magnet for God's power. God doesn't raise up the best and the gifted. He doesn't. Come on, let's be real. The most educated, there's nothing wrong with it, but that's not the criteria he uses as it pertains to picking people who shake nations. He's looking for the ones who die daily. How do we die daily? When God's will, as my father-in-law said, and our wills collide and they cross, it forms the cross, that's how we put on the cross daily. We take it up. Yes, Lord, not my will. Yours be done. Listen, listen to me. Give me five more minutes. But you need to get this. I want this to just drop in your spirit. I, I've seen so many young people, even in our school environment, throw in the towel. Throw in the towel. Most of the time it's shrouded in, well, God spoke to me. I'm not joking. It's always shrouded in spirituality. And people go from place to place to place to place. So easily offended. So easily turned off. And then they fall into discouragement when they compare themselves with the person that God's using. And the last thing they'll ever say is, they won't say this, I had the same opportunity. But they did. They did. I'd be willing to say, the majority of the people on the front lines today who are really touching the world, they weren't God's first choice. And they know that. When you're one of those, you know. Nobody who God is using thinks that God's using them because they're fantastic. <laughs> they all realize, oh my gosh, the mercy of the Lord, wow. They realize that in their hearts. But what God can do with an average Joe who just says yes, over and over and over and over again is astounding. We get offended, we leave the call of God. We think God's gonna chase us down. God goes, oh man, too bad for you. God's not insecure. We, well, if God can't do it with me, this whole thing's gonna shut down. Do you know how many ministries People I've heard go, if I leave that ministry, I don't think they'll go on. They don't just go on, they just get bigger. <laughs> they don't just go on, they become better, more influential, because it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. Oh, the anointing, it preserves you. Accusation comes your way, you just stay in the will of God, constantly yielding your heart. God protects you. You know, the Bible says, anoint thy shield in the book of Isaiah. What does that speak of? The shield speaks of faith. Anointing means the anointing of the spirit. It softened the shields in those days. When the shields were hard, the enemy knew when they would go to war, they, they couldn't stab the shield straight on and go through it, so they had a technique. They would hit the side of the shield. If the guy was facing me this way, they would take the broad side of the, shore, the sword, hit the side of the shield, and when it hit, the, the sword would bend for a moment. They'd make flexible swords. And when it would bend, it would stab the heart. So Isaiah writes, anoint the shield. Soften the shield with the anointing. And even the side swipes of the enemy can't get through. It softens the blow. I'm not joking. I've seen many people go, oh, I'm just going to leave so-and-so. Thinking that if they leave, it's over. It's not over. I've walked this thing out. I've seen it. So I've watched young people, I've watched people just throw in the towel and two years later, somebody else, God starts to use them and then they start to compare themselves and discouragement sets in. Oh my gosh, what happened to me? What about me? The whole time's going, the whole time the Lord's going, you left your post. 
See, you wanted the pulpit, but I gave you a sponge to clean the bathroom. And if you would have just known that you can have as much of Jesus with the sponge in your hand as you can at the pulpit, the, the sponge would have looked beautiful. You can have as much of Jesus in the bathroom. You can have as much of Jesus making espressos. You can have as much of Jesus stacking chairs. That's, that's the Lord the whole time is going, I didn't leave you. I'm still in your belly. That's pretty close. I'm still inside. I can still be had. You can still get intoxicated by my spirit, stacking chairs. You can smile the whole time, laugh the whole time. People leave their post. The meekness lifts. And God goes, I can only entrust you with this now. Oh, hard hearts. The hardness of hearts. It repels the anointing. It repels the presence. It repels those intangibles, the hard heart, the know-it-all thing. It, it, it rejects it. That's why Jesus said if you're going to receive the kingdom, you have to do it like a little kid. As we progress in the Lord, we should become more childlike. I don't know about you. I, I want to start off like I know it all, and by the time this thing's over, I just want to be a kid. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to go the other way. I don't want to tell my kids on my deathbed how much closer I was to Jesus when I first got saved. Or how much better my ministry was in its early days. I don't want it to be said of this church that the glory of the Lord was there and that they flew in from the nations like they are now and then when this thing is over, it's just a formalized institution. God, help me. No, I don't want that, Lord. Is anybody else here? Are you with me? How, how do we keep what the Lord is doing as a family? Because I have news for you. This is not normal. This is not, there are pastors who would give their left leg for what God is doing in this room. And we're not meeting all week trying to figure out ways to get you here. We work our tail off all week to get our hearts into a position that brings him here. I'm serious. This is not normal. It's not normal to have one post a week and the nations fly in. It's not normal for you to line up for hours outside. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the work of God. I've seen preachers, the actual pastors and their wives despise the church the Lord gave them and soon they lost it. I was driving in here today looking at all the cars as I was driving in going, thank you Jesus for this privilege. I drove in today from South Carolina, not from Sanford. I couldn't wait to get here. Really, the Lord's here. He really is here. Only he could do this. Only he can touch. Only he can save. Only he can heal. This is the Lord. Well, how do we keep this? How do we see it grow? Because in the kingdom, it has to multiply. How do we do this? Children. We have to become like children. We have to come in all giddy. Seriously. We have to just come in going, what's Jesus going to do tonight? <laughs> oh, offend my mind tonight, Jesus. What are you going to do tonight? You're fantastic. I want the faith in your hearts. I want you to know in the depths of your soul that if you bring your unsaved friend, he is coming to Jesus. I want that kind of giddiness. If you bring the sick, I want you know you're not, to know you're not bringing them to receive prayer. You are bringing them to get healed. Are you hearing me? And they are getting healed. Holes and faces are growing in. My Lord, blind eyes have opened right over there. Guy didn't even come to get healed. He brought a friend here, and he got healed. This is not normal. It's not normal. We started in this little Presbyterian church that was cold as ice up front and hotter than hell in the back. They came. You came. And you lined up, and we baptized you in the cold in January for hours, and you loved it. 
My Lord, that breaks every rule. That's the most non-consumer driven church model I have ever heard. Let's do a baptism outside in January during the only cold front we had last year. And let's just stand and freeze. Ben Fitzgerald had shorts on that said, love your neighbor on the back of them. I said, my God, he's probably watching. What are you doing with those? Love your neighbor on the back of his shorts. I said, what on earth are those, man? What what are you thinking? I mean, my gosh, have you read anything like that in a manual? This is the work of God. But let me just tell you this. Jesus staying is not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. A certain atmosphere has to exist for him to come. That's why we sing so long. Man, we've got so much up our sleeves in the whole worship world right now. For this Sunday night in Jesus 19, you're gonna, it's going to fry your hair off. Your weave's going to burn. Your extensions are going to burn. It's all going. Your fake lashes, they're all going. I'm telling you, there's so much going. There's so much going because uh, there's something in me. Can you give me five more minutes? There's something stirring in me that's saying, Lord, I want to give you a house. I want to give you so many different things that I know you say you love in your word. I'm going to give my life to discovering what you love, and I'm going to die daily to give it to you. Strings, orchestra, choirs. I want Jesus to have a house where he's radically adored, radically loved. I want people to sing to him. I don't care if choirs are out of style. There's choirs in heaven. A big, fat choir in heaven. They're not fat, but there's a big one up there. I want him to have a choir here because he's got one up there. You know, the early church discovered something. There's not supposed to be a great gulf between the the worship service up there and the one down here. They understood. So they built services around what the scriptures taught in heaven. That's what we're going to do here. Why am I doing that? So he can not only just stay, but continue to manifest his glory. I want my grandkids to see more than I saw. I'm not, I don't want to go home to be with the Lord and say, oh my gosh, I squandered a move of God. That's why I'm cutting my schedule by more than half next year. I'm coming off the road in, in, a, in a great way because this is holy. This is holy. I was just in, in Charlotte for our partner breakfast yesterday and so many people came to me and said, we watch you every Sunday night. You, it feeds us every Sunday night. I was in Raleigh a week ago. They said the same thing. I went to Reading. We watch you every Sunday night. There's like 50 staff flying over from Bethel just to come to Jesus 19. No, really, I'm not saying this to, so because this isn't because of us. If you were to say, how did you guys do this? I would say, we just try to love the Lord. So I don't understand at all. I do know it's the Lord, though, and I don't want to lose it. I don't want to squander it. I was in Houston before that. They said, we watch you every Sunday night. I was in Dallas at Upper Room. They said, they watch you every Sunday night. I I was talking to Michael Miller on the way here. He goes, bro, I'll be watching you guys. I said, don't you have service? He goes, yeah, but on the, yeah, I do, but I'm watching you guys. (laughs) This is precious. That praise explosion last week? Who on earth can scream for 15 minutes? uncontrollably beautiful celebrating the Lord. How do you even teach that? Do we have a class on it? A breakout group? A growth track? This is how you... No, it's spontaneous impulses, winds of the Spirit. It's the work of God. It's the work of the Lord. And Jesus said this. When you receive children, you actually receive a measure of the kingdom. Why? Why would he say that? There's something pent up in the heart of a child that releases the kingdom. And what is it? It's not, I know everything. The the heart of the child says, I am starving for more. Starving for more. Come on, stand to your feet. Praise you, Father. (coughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) 
Did anybody come tonight specifically to be healed? You came here tonight to be healed in your body. Would you just raise your hand? Okay. I need the team on the front row. Uh, Johannes, get me a team. I want you guys to come forward. Right, Pick them out, Johannes. You pick a team of about eight to ten. If you need a miracle in your body, you came here for that reason, I want you to come forward right now. And while they're coming forward, I want every hand lifted. Come on, let's just lift our hands to Jesus. Oh, Lord. How we love you and need you. And how we look to you. Lord, soften our hearts. Come on, just just receive right now. Holy Spirit, just fall on us with your wonderful rain. And soften us, Lord, and trust us with the move of the Holy Spirit. Trust us with your presence. Trust us with your feelings, with your heart, with your will. Trust us, God. Give us something, Lord, that will shake the generations. Come on, I need you to agree with that. Give us something that will shake the generations. That our children's children's children will step into and they'll see more. And make Orlando a city set on a hill. And let it be a healing pool and a pool of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life everywhere.